Hey guys, it is Friday, April 27th, 2018, and you are listening to the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Eiseldyke, and I'm here to talk to you about car news, car culture, and car whatever, and we are back with a fairly regular episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. Uh, if you saw, heard the update on Wednesday, I talked at length about the Ford change to get rid of a lot of small cars, and I guess in the news segment, we're going to kind of talk a little bit more about what is going on with that process, what they're looking at for timelines, and then some news that broke today about Toyota and their small car plans for the U.S. over the next couple of years. Uh, In the second segment, I'd like to talk about the new Nissan Altima, which was announced at the New York Auto Show just a few short weeks ago. Uh, There are a lot of cool things that Nissan's doing with this car, kind of to buck the trend of a lot of automakers who are canceling their midsize sedans or their small car projects. Uh, Nissan's going in with what customers want, and they are going to try to shake up a segment that has largely been dominated by one car over the past two generations. So we'll consider what they're trying to do. And then last up, a car that's on my mind, uh, a car I saw for sale just the other day on my way home from work. Uh, It was the Mercedes-Benz SL 55 AMG Maybe a little bit less about the car and more about the engine, but uh, those 55 series AMG cars, those are a thing of beauty. So guys, all that, maybe a little bit more, right after the bump. So we've got a few more specifics that leaked out today about the Ford uh, rundown, turndown, whatever you want to call it, on their small car and midsize uh, sedan lineup. Uh, We got some official announcements, or not exactly official, leaks, I don't know what you want to call it, about uh, production uh, ramping down a lot of their vehicles. So the Focus will go out of production next month uh, here in the U.S. and in Mexico. Uh, That isn't a huge surprise considering the problems that they've had with the car long term, but it's kind of surprising that it's happening this quick. Uh, The car that will be discontinued after that will be the Fiesta, which will be early 2019. Things weren't super specific on the Fiesta, but it's, again, surprising that this car has lasted as long as it has. The car first came out in 2008 in Europe, so that means the design work that was done on this car probably dates back to 2003, if not maybe even slightly earlier than that. And that is insane that we've got a car that's that old still on sale in the U.S. The Taurus will be going out of production not long after that which is going to be affecting a lot of workers down in Chicago uh, who have been building the Taurus for quite some time after production moved up there from the Atlanta area. Um, Then we have the uh, Fusion that is going to be soldiering on for the next couple of years. We just got um, a bunch of updates announced about the Fusion at the New York Auto Show. Some exterior changes, some interior changes, a few refinement upgrades, but more or less, this is a car that, by the time it ends its production run, likely in 2020 or 2021, uh, is going to be, or will have been on sale for a decade, which is really impressive that the car has lasted that long, but also kind of sad that Ford has dragged out this process that long before they replace that car. Uh, this all kind of flies in the face of news today that came out that 
Uh, Toyota is going to be investing $170 million at a manufacturing plant down in Mississippi so that they can start building the next generation Toyota Corolla here in the U.S. Now, things haven't been said about what the regular Corolla is going to be or what it's going to look like, but the Corolla hatchback is going to be based on the European-designed and sold Oris uh, hatchback. And I think if Toyota's smart, they would just bring the Oris right on over here and just build it that way. They're all on the same global architecture that were uh, created for the car. I think it's the TGNA architecture. It's the one that's underneath the Prius and the new Avalon and many other things. Uh, so hopefully that turns out uh, to be a thing, but it's showing once again that the Japanese automakers and very likely the Korean automakers are going to continue to be committed to building small cars uh, in every market, for every market, and building this car in the U.S. when Ford and GM and Chrysler are saying that these cars aren't profitable, it's kind of just giving them the middle finger and saying, clearly you guys don't know how to operate a business properly. Clearly you guys don't know how to design cars that can last a while. Clearly you guys don't want to make the effort to build the kind of cars that back up, uh, you know, your plan if something goes wrong. Because if fuel spikes and Ford doesn't have any of these vehicles in their lineup, uh, guess where customers are going to run to? They're going to go to Honda. They're going to go to Toyota. They're going to go to Hyundai and Kia. And these car companies still are continuing to spend a lot of money on developing uh, their small fuel-efficient car lineup. And more power to them. If they're going to continue to build cars that a large number of people not only can afford but want to buy, that's their right to do so. So... This uh, Ford story is going to kind of be evolving as it goes on, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to discuss about what their plans are. As I said in the previous episode, they're claiming that because they're going to be hybridizing and electrifying so many of their vehicles, even the larger ones, it's going to offset a lot of people's concerns about fuel economy going forward. Uh, that remains to be seen, because Ford hasn't done a goddamn thing, uh, at least worthwhile, about their hybrid powertrains and EVs uh, in a decade. So it's, it's going to be an interesting show, so we will see what happens in the very near future. So on a more positive spin, we've got the Nissan Altima. The 2019 Nissan Altima got unveiled just a few short weeks ago at the New York Auto Show. And boy, oh boy, has Nissan kind of bucked the trend on what a lot of people seem to be saying about midsize sedans. Uh, midsize sedan sales have largely been deteriorating in favor of smaller and midsize crossovers. And uh, Nissan's going, well, why don't we build a car that has features that people want? Uh, the current Ultima, there's nothing really necessarily wrong with it. It's a little on the cheap side. There's a lot of good engineering in the car, but it's for people who want to commute, not to love. And this new Ultima seems to be a little more on the love end of things. Uh, it's a clean sheet design, all new chassis, all new body. Uh, they've got updated powertrains as well. Um, the new car is going to be offered with all-wheel drive for the first time, uh, which in a segment where only two cars offer all-wheel drive, that would be the Subaru uh, Legacy and the Ford Fusion, um, it is a pretty interesting move for Nissan to offer a 2.5 liter uh, generic four-cylinder with an automatic and all-wheel drive for probably less than $30,000. That's a pretty good deal for a lot of people, especially in the Northeast and the Pacific Northwest, who require that kind of stuff to be able to get 
to and from wherever they need to go. Um, Nissan's also going to be offering a two liter turbocharged with variable compression uh, engine. Uh, this engine debuted in an Infiniti uh, earlier this uh, past year in 2017, and it seems to work okay, but there's still a lot of questions in terms of long-term reliability, uh, long-term capability of this, this engine being what it needs to be. Um, there's a lot of engineering voodoo in this car that even I don't understand, and I would have a very hard time describing it to a lot of people, but uh, more or less it's, it has the ability to run really lean to make it uh, really fuel efficient, and it can run a little bit richer to make a little bit more power, and I'm sure I'm oversimplifying it quite a bit um, to the point where I'm even wrong about it. Uh, but this is a big technological gamble because they are replacing their long-standing VQ series uh, V6 uh, the much-loved VQ35 V6 um, in this Altima and going to this turbocharged power plant. What is also interesting is that they're not going to offer their all-wheel drive system with the turbo. Uh, the all-wheel drive is only going to be made available with the 2.5-liter engine. Um, we'll see if that changes in the near future, but for now, Nissan seems to really be hedging their bets on the mid-25 to low $30,000 sale range on this car. And that also comes with some other news because Nissan is going to offer a, well, not fully autonomous, but a semi-autonomous uh, vehicle option. Their ProPilot Assist functionality will be available on all models of the Altima except for the lowest trim, which I believe is the S trim. Uh, so if you step up to a Nissan or an uh, Altima SV, um, it's going to be standard on the mid-tier vehicle. So for around twenty-five dollars or $26,000, you're going to be able to buy a level 2 autonomous vehicle um, that'll be able to pilot itself kind of, sort of, down the highway. So more or less what this is is it uses the um, crash detection software, uh, the radar, cruise control, the lane keep assist, and many other things where you'll be able to go down the highway, set your set your speed, set your follow distance, uh, you'll be able to, uh, basically the car will keep itself in line, it'll come to automatic stops and things like that so you can relax a little bit more while you're driving longer distances. That's pretty cool. I'm really excited about that. For 26 grand or so to be able to go out and be able to buy a semi-autonomous car, that's pretty impressive for Nissan. They also finally announced that they're finally, finally, finally going to offer Android Auto and Apple CarPlay and the majority of their vehicles. The Altima is of no exception. It sounds like all Altimas will be capable of this. You can upgrade to a larger screen, but finally Nissan has an infotainment system that's going to be keeping pace with the rest of the automotive landscape. I'm really strangely excited about the Altima. I think we're definitely going to need to consider if a quote-unquote boring car like an Altima is a better choice than something that's more fun like an Accord or a Mazda 6, but the Altima is making a very strong case for itself as something that might be a best-buy choice in the midsize sedan segment in the not-too-distant future. And that's pretty dang cool. So last up, a car that's been on my mind, a car I saw as I was driving home from work the other day. That's the Mercedes-Benz SL55 AMG, uh, the R230 model, uh, which I think ran from 2001 to the early 20-teens. 
this car was a car. I, it was a big improvement over the SL that it uh, had replaced. It had that fancy retractable hardtop. Uh, not all versions had that. Some of the AMG models did have fixed roofs. Uh, but what really struck me about this car is the fact that you can buy a 500 horsepower V8 rear-wheel drive luxury sports coupe GT, I don't know what you want to call it, for twenty dollars to $25,000 these days. Uh, you know, these Mercedeses came at a time where uh, reliability and quality weren't exactly top tier on every single variation of their uh, cars in their lineup, and the AMGs were of no exception. Uh, while it sounds like the V8s themselves were relatively robust, uh, depending on what gearbox your car had, uh, really changed things quite a bit. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, most of the early 55 series AMGs had the uh, 5G Tronic or whatever they called the automatic. It had a pretty robust uh, automatic transmission. It was a little slow to upshift and downshift, uh, but nevertheless, it was fairly robust. And the engines themselves, I guess, run like a clock. As long as you keep the fluids in them and you are doing basic maintenance when you need to do it, uh, these things will last forever. Uh, outside of American V8s, I don't really think there is a nation of peoples who build a better V8 uh, than the Germans and the AMG uh, sub-brand. They obviously know what they're doing. Uh, this uh, 5.4 liter supercharged V8 uh, really was a class leader at the time. And it is important to remember that as we entered the early aughts and the mid-aughts, uh, Mercedes was playing catch up to the BMW M brand. Uh, the BMW M5 and the M3 really ran the table uh, when it came to luxury sport options, and that goes for any brand sold anywhere in the world. Uh, the 5 Series in particular had that beautiful 4-liter V8 uh, with 400 horsepower. They ran also like a Swiss watch or a German clock or whatever metaphor you want to make about uh, really highly crafted things. Uh, so Mercedes decided to turn it up a bit, and they, they released that 5.4-liter supercharged V8 with 500 horsepower. They stuck it in so many different models of cars, uh, whether it was the SL, the R-Class minivan got one, the E-Class obviously had the E55. Uh, it was just a wonderful power plant, and it would propel these cars to ludicrous speeds uh, in what seemed like no time at the time, and now it seems comparatively slow. Uh, but 500 horsepower is nothing to shake a stick at. Yes, it's in a $4,000 luxury sport coupe, uh, but that's just the way things worked. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if this is anything to ever recommend that every, anybody ever goes out and buys. Uh, you know, these were $150,000, $200,000 cars in some cases, uh, at the time, and obviously depreciation's a bitch, particularly on uh, luxury German automobiles. Uh, but for twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars, if you know how to turn a wrench, you know how to operate on a Mercedes. I don't know, man. That could be a kind of a cool thing to do. Uh, here in Michigan, maybe not so much, but anywhere else where the weather's warm and you can enjoy this kind of car most of the year, I don't know. If you got the time and the money, could be pretty cool. But uh, yeah. The SL55. I hadn't thought of it in a while, and just seeing that one in, in that beautiful silver color with those beautiful uh, alloy wheels, man, just what a beauty. So yeah, 
get out there, research some of those things, see what you can find. I'd love to hear back from you. You can reach out to me uh, here on Anchor FM at anchor.fm slash YSSMAN, where you can drop me a line, tell me about what you find, or you can uh, hit me up on Twitter at YSSMAN. All right, guys, that just about wraps up this episode of the Salvage Title Podcast for Friday, April 27th, 2018. If you'd like to go back and listen to other episodes of the Salvage Title Podcast, uh, you can always go through here on Anchor FM at anchor.fm slash YSSMAN, or you can uh, find other episodes of this podcast wherever podcasts are sold, Apple iTunes, Stitcher Audio, Pocket Casts, yada, yada, yada. Uh, This thing's made available on almost every platform out there. Uh, we also do a sister version of, well, not necessarily this show, but of the whole podcast in general called the uh, Savage Tata Car Buyer's Guide, where I go into a segment of vehicles, I pick what I think are the top three options, and then I add a fourth model for flavor. Uh, that fourth model might not always be the best choice, but it's at least an interesting choice. Uh, it's sounding like with all of the changes in the car segment going forward, uh, we're definitely going to need to talk about small, medium-sized cars again. Uh, the midsize segment in particular, I think, is going to get very exciting with that new Ultima being entered in. So stay tuned for another episode of that. Uh, what else? Uh, you know, sorry we didn't have an episode for the past couple of weeks. I was very under the weather uh, to the point where uh, I basically couldn't breathe. So anyway, uh, hopefully we get back to the regular nature of these programs uh, coming up. But the bad news is, of course, that... Uh, Car news is going to start drying up. Uh, Car news show season is officially pretty much over. Uh, No major announcements really until fall. Not that that's a huge problem. We're going to have a lot of new car releases coming out where we can talk about some basic news and uh, some of the uh, reviews that kind of get bundled together with these new launches. So uh, yeah, stick around for that. And uh, in other news, guys, the weather seems to be finally turning around here in West Michigan. I hope it's turning around where you are. Take your car on out. Give it a little wash, maybe a little wax. Make sure it looks nice and pretty. Enjoy a nice country drive. Uh, Looks like it's going to be a beautiful weekend. So until next week, guys, uh, drive safe, and we'll see you very, very soon.